Welcome to Digital Hospitality. I am your host, Sean Walcheff. This is a Cali BBQ Media production. Every week, we talk about digital hospitality. Every business needs to be digital, and every business needs to be in the hospitality business. How do you do that? How do you? How does a barbecue company become a media company? Well, every single week, we bring on the best of the best uh, to share their secrets, their stories, whether they are entrepreneurs, whether they're business owners, whether they're influencers, whether they run tech companies, um, whether they're founders, our job is to find the most interesting people on earth that are doing the things that compel us to want to be better, um, to make you a better digital storyteller. Um, no matter where you are, we appreciate you listening to this podcast. Uh, today, you get a seat at the table. So most of the time, actually a lot of the time, we bring on people that we do business with at Cali Barbecue Media. Um, a lot of the time, those are deep relationships. Sometimes they're new relationships. Um, this is a new relationship, uh, but one that I'm very excited to share with our audience um, because it cuts to the heart of digital hospitality. So because of LinkedIn, um, I met a gentleman by the name of Kevin SEO. I actually don't even really know what his last name is, but that's how he tags himself on LinkedIn. No, that Great. is his last name. <laughs> Get Kevin out of here. C yeah, it's Kevin SEO. I thought it was Kevin SEO. No, that's like legit his name. Yeah. <laughs> what what branding? Out of out of the womb branding. Oh my gosh. I thought that was a play. That's amazing. Well, Kevin CEO, my apologies to your family, but that is an amazing last name. I like you even more than I liked you. But nonetheless, Kevin CEO introduced Zach Oates, our guest, um, the founder and CEO of Ovation. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks, man. So happy to be here. So it's really cool for me um, when you're producing media as a single unit. Well, we're going to soon to be multi-unit uh, barbecue restaurant owner. But when you produce media, we don't have any rules. We don't have any bosses. We don't have Stover's our executive producer. But his his philosophy is the truth wins. So we don't edit anything. We just have an open conversation. And today we get to bring the listener inside of what a relationship is like for a tech company and a restaurant. Um, tell us about Ovation. Give us your sales pitch so that our listeners know who you are and what you do. Yeah. So Ovation is an actionable guest feedback tool. Now more than ever, it's so important that we know how guests are feeling, what they're thinking. And so what we do is we use a two-question survey to give you operational insights, uh, instant guest recovery, and data to actually drive revenue. So you can find out how you're doing, whether it's you know, drive through third party delivery, pick up in store, um, and you're able to find and fix these problems instantly in real time and then see those trends over time and then use that data to drive revenue. And we drive revenue both through online reviews and through uh, text marketing. So we'll give the listeners an inside look into what's happened with Cali since we've onboarded with Ovation. So we onboarded this technology, Ovation, into our restaurant. We host a podcast called Digital Hospitality. You think that we care about digital hospitality more than anything. The reason why I was so compelled by the platform that Zach has built and his team is that it gives us the ability to interact with the guest when we're dealing with a lot of different third-party delivery. So we have Uber Eats, we have Grubhub, um, we also have DoorDash, uh, soon to be Postmates. So four different third-party deliveries. We also have our online ordering through Toast so people can come and pick up. But the problem with what's happened in the digital restaurant as opposed to our full service restaurant is that it's very difficult to give hospitality, in-person hospitality. We have always invested as a single unit restaurant in hospitality. We have 
over 2,300 four and a half stars on Yelp because we care about people. We care about spending money to make sure there's a host there every single day on the shift. We never put a seat yourself sign. I mean, literally mm -hmm. the seat yourself sign is the antithesis of hospitality. Um, we'll talk a little bit more about that seat yourself sign later because I have, uh, it's basically the thesis for digital hospitality. But nonetheless, Ovation has allowed us in the last two weeks. So we had, we sold out a barbecue on New Year's Eve. Um, New Year's Day was one of our busiest New Year's Day. And the entire weekend has been very, very busy. Unfortunately, I have a confession to make. And the confession is, I thought that our team was phenomenal at digital hospitality. But thanks to Zach's amazing app, I found out that we're shitty, that we need to improve <laughs> on our own digital hospitality. So like, what we found out is a lot of the issues are coming with communication. Guests want to interact with the brand. So when they get it from DoorDash or they get it from Uber Eats, they get our barbecue and they're missing coleslaw. They put that complaint in with Uber Eats and then Uber Eats will credit it, not give us the money. That doesn't resolve the guest problem. They don't get to interact with us as a brand. What's been happening the last two weeks is that now every manager on duty has the app downloaded on their phone. They also have the ability to interact through text messaging with a guest. So immediately when the guest says, I didn't receive my coleslaw, we're getting actionable feedback where we can say, we're very sorry. Can we send you a gift card to make it up for you? Just the acknowledgement of yes. the mistake allows us in real time to address the mistake, win the customer back, literally win back the customer, and then move on and create a deeper relationship with that guest. Additionally, operationally, it's allowing us to go, well, we have a problem with getting the right order out. Why are we missing so many different sides on different shifts? That's operational feedback, which we talk about with Yelp. Yelp was very frustrated in the beginning because you always want a five-star Yelp review. Mm -hmm. But the problem with Yelp is sometimes the truth hurts. Sometimes the truth hurts and you need to address that truth as a restaurant owner to fix your own business. And once you do that, it's empowering. It makes you a better restaurant. And that's what the platform has really allowed us to do. And the bonus is that we're driving more people to write reviews for us. We actually have been getting more Yelp reviews, more Google reviews, more Facebook reviews, because when they have great experience, the app actually pushes them to those platforms. Tell us a little bit about the journey of how did the idea for Ovation get created? So I grew up in the restaurant space. My first job was in restaurants. My dad actually owned a barbecue joint um, once he retired from the NFL. And so it was something that, you know, was always in my, uh, always in my family. I went on to college. I started a, a tech company. I sold that. And I was thinking like, okay, what do I want to do next? And as I was looking around at, at things that I was really passionate about, something that kept coming up over and over and over again as a, as a foodie, someone who's always had this passion for restaurants, I would go out to eat and it would seem crazy to me that the only way to give feedback was through a, uh, through a comment box or through some long receipt survey. Right. And yeah. I don't know about you, Sean, but, you know, we've actually done studies on this. We found that over 90 percent of people hate receipt surveys. 
right? It's, it's unbelievable. I mean, I, I post, I, when I go to CVS and I check out and I buy two items, I'll get a tree worth of receipt. <laughs> and it's literally, it's embarrassing. It's like, yeah. I mean, my wife is very, you know, conscious of the earth and a conscious of our footprint wanting to protect our kids. But it's like, I mean, even for someone like me, what am I going to do with that? No, I don't want that receipt. You yeah. want me to read this receipt? What liter- What information is on that receipt? Nothing is right? about Well, and then you talk to these restaurants and a lot of these restaurants are relying on figuring out how their locations are doing based on one or two surveys a week. Yes. Right. It's like, how do you, how does that give you any indication? And so we know that, you know, long surveys are annoying. Um, We know that, you know, secret shops are inefficient. So what's the solution? What, what is a better way? And then going through going through this whole process, you know, online reviews started to explode and business owners were getting just raked across the coals with these online reviews. And a lot of times it was things that didn't even happen or it was a it was an upset employee who left and then got 10 of their friends to leave one star reviews. And, you know, then it really hurt the business, right? And so the power of online reviews, the inefficiency of feedback, it just was so frustrating. And I talked to restaurant owner after restaurant owner as I would go in and uh, they were just frustrated by this as well. And so we created Ovation to, to basically take a step back, Sean, and say, look, scrap online reviews, scrap uh, receipt surveys. Let's imagine that guest feedback had never been invented until now. What would it look like? What would it feel like? What would the experience be for the restaurant, for the customer, for corporate? And we were able to reimagine with uh, technology. And we had the benefit of not only having restaurant experience, but having the benefit of technology finally catching up to make it a frictionless guest experience and a seamless uh, restaurant experience to create something like Ovation, where it's not only going to give you the operational insights, but it's going to drive the positive reviews. It's going to drive your, you know, uh, building up of a text database because up until now, guest feedback has always been just an expense. And we said, well, why, right? Why does it have to be an expense? Why can't we actually drive revenue through this? And so that's really what our whole thesis is, is an actionable guest feedback company that actually drives revenue. And I think it's very exciting for me to hear because we talk about it all the time. We're building on the backs of giants. I mean, there's never been a greater time to be an entrepreneur, to build a business because there's so many niches that need to be fulfilled, especially in the digital hospitality space. And what people don't understand is that it's not about replacing jobs. It's about providing, using technology, the intersection between the technology and the humans, because the humans are the heart of the business. The humans are what that's why people buy. That's not, we're not in the transaction business. We're in the generational business. How do we get somebody to care about what we do three months from now to think about us when they're planning their wedding, to think about us when something bad happens in their family, to think about us when it's a birthday. Like those are the special moments. Those are the restaurants that we all love and we care about. Those are the ones that we think about when it's, oh, that's mom's favorite restaurant. That's where we're going every single birthday. Why yeah, are you yeah. going there? There's there's multiple reasons you're probably going there. But I get I guarantee you up at the very top is hospitality. It's how you how they make the family feel. 
Ex- yes, exactly. Right. I mean, Danny Meyer, he talks about how uh, hospitality is a dialogue, right? And it's about how you make people feel. And I think that's something that we really have uh, adopted into our business, which is, you know, uh, coming from the background of, um, you know, I, I building and selling a tech company, it's like you have to look at your company, the real data, right? What's actually happening. And so often it's so easy, Sean, right? For a business owner to just kind of pull the wool over and say, Hey, things are, things are going well enough. Right. Well, <laughs> we can always, we're, we're the eternal optimists as restaurant yeah, owners. We, we, we always, I mean, you wouldn't even get into the business if you weren't an internal optimist that you right? think that things can get better because it's way too damn hard. Otherwise. Exactly. And, and, you know, you're someone that I look to as someone that I've, I've, well, I've known about you for a while. One, because on my podcast, I tried to call our podcast digital hospitality because that's what we're all about. And I was like, dang it. This guy, who is <laughs> this, this guy? Who's this Sean guy? <laughs> anyway, it's hard not to like you though, Sean. That's funny. So we, we wear our heart on our sleeve and that's the power of the, the world that we live in now. It's that, you know, as a single unit barbecue restaurant owner, as if we're willing to share our vulnerabilities and our successes and the great partners that we have or that we're trying to work with, guess what? Other people, no matter where you are on this earth, if you own a restaurant, if you own a small business, you can learn from these stories, learn from these lessons, and you can turn the smartphone on to yourself and you can start talking about it for your village, for your community, for your industry. And it becomes very empowering. Granted, it's taken us 13 years to get to where we are. It's a low and slow process, but we're building on the backs of giants. Well, and others can build on the back of you, right? Like you, you've, you've built this roadmap and this plan and there's other people um, like uh, Ethan Cisneros of Thirst. He's a, he's a customer of ours as well as just a, a real social media. And he gets out there and, you know, he's, he's interviewing, he has a whole podcast interviewing his customers. Yeah. And I think awesome. it's just, it's, it's super cool to see restaurants like never before grasping on to this digital realm. And whereas before it was, you know, when Ovation started, we started off as being a company built for the four within the four walls. Right. And as everything changed with COVID, so did we, and our whole philosophy was how do we allow people to get everything right. They want to see how everything is doing. Customers need to communicate on the channels that they feel comfortable communicating on. And I think that's really interesting what you were talking about with, with Uber Eats, because um, I had on, uh, I had on one of the, the presidents of a company called Flip Dish on my podcast. And he came on and brought up a really interesting comparison between what's going on right now with DSPs and what happened in 2000 with Toys R Us? DSPs are delivery service partners for those who don't know. Yeah, the, right? the Uber. Did I get that, did I get yes. that right? Okay, yep, good. nailed it, right? Uber Eats, <laughs> DoorDash. <laughs> um, so, because think about it, you know, b- back in 2000, do you remember Toys R Us? You know? Of course. Uh, I'm a, I'm, I was born in 82. I'm a fringe millennial. There we go. Okay. I, so I, was, I, gra- I literally graduated high school in 2000. I'm class, okay, of, so, class of M&M. We, there we go, man. We're, Y2K, oh, man. Y2K, baby. Yeah, dude, those were those are some good times, you know, yeah. back when we were just worried about. I was know, I was in college first year, first year in college when Napster was out. It blew my mind away. <laughs> I I got so it. many viruses from downloading Napster songs. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so um, 
Toys R Us was like, hey, you know what? We want to jump on this whole e-commerce online shopping thing. So what do they do? They're like, well, hey, look, we're never really going to get into this online thing. So let's just partner with Amazon, who already kind of has that dialed in. And uh, let's just outsource everything to them. Yep. And they did. Yep. Not only did they outsource, you know, the the inventory management, the shipping and everything like that, they outsourced the most important thing that a business has, which is the customer relationship. Yep. They let Amazon service their customers. And then guess what? They all became Amazon customers. And yep. Toys R Us, you know, my kids will never be a Toys R Us kid. Can't and yeah, right? my kids and, either. And, I can't believe there's no Toys R Us for my my son. And my, my, it would blow my head, my kids away walking yeah, down a monster truck, like a whole aisle for monster trucks. So literally <laughs> not one block from my office, there is what used to be a Toys R Us. And now it's a very depressed mattress store, right? Wow. And it's like, Brutal. it's so sad. So anyway, all I'm saying is that we have the benefit of not only learning from the past and seeing that there are certain things that we have learned we can't outsource, right? You can't outsource your customer service to other people. They're your customers. Um, but we also have a lot of technology now that Toys R Us didn't have back then. Yes. We've got companies that allow you, like like Toast, where you could do online ordering right through Toast, right? There's I'm companies worried. like... Um, you know, like, like Ovation, right? Where we yep. can survey customers that order through a third party. And so it's, it's all about leveraging the technology for, for what we have and learning from the past. But I think it's, it's really important that, like you said, don't let Uber take care of that customer, you know, get you, you deserve to take care of that customer and they deserve to hear from you. Correct. And I think that's the most empowering thing. I mean, just when we launched the app and I started messaging the customers and I, I mean, literally digital hospitality, a digital heartbeat, I mean, responding the, every digital platform is my playground. I have to learn about it. I have to respond to it. If it's on Facebook, if it's on LinkedIn, like, I mean, I, I just, I don't leave something unread unless it's responded to. And like, that's just how I am. But once Ovation, once we launched Ovation, I realized this is the most powerful thing that our restaurant can have. In fact, it's so powerful that the next time that I see Zach, I'm going to tell him exactly what I need Ovation to do is not just customer service on a customer experience on the review side, but I need it to be the interaction on my website. I literally need somebody when they come to my website to go, would you need help? And I need that to be the same message. Like that needs to be for us, my front of the house manager that's out there that's responding to the same request. But if they could respond to that and say, hey, oh, you have a question about catering? Here's a direct link. I mean, that's the power is that not everybody, not every landing page is the way that you want it. And you can't discriminate how the customer is going to come to you. You know, like yeah. we during the holidays, we sold out a barbecue. We turn off our phone system because it's overwhelming to our staff and we're not able to service enough customers if we have a phone system. So literally I go onto an automated phone system, let them know, please order online. If you'd like to message the restaurant, please send us a direct message on Instagram. Guess what? Not everyone's on Instagram. That's mm -hmm. me discriminating them. So I need to figure out technology and partners that are going to help my staff my digital hospitality staff take care of the customer 
the customer in-house as well as the customer for delivery, as well as the potential customer that might be on the other side of the world that listens to the podcast and goes, hey, I saw Sam the cooking guy used your jalapeno barbecue sauce. I want to order a case of it or I want to bring it into my store and sell your Cali jalapeno barbecue sauce. How can I do that? I need somebody to answer that question. Yeah. And what's cool is that because your location has an Ovation phone number, anyone can text that phone number and that goes right to your app, right? So it's not, it's not just about the complaints, right? And I think that's one of the things that um, is really important is that it's, you know, you got in two days, you got almost 50 pieces of feedback, right? We're not talking over a hundred. Oh, I think so. I think over the weekend we have, I mean, I I haven't checked exactly what our stats were, but I forwarded it to my team before this call. And I'm like, this is like, this is absolutely incredible. We have all these people that have opted into a text messaging. We have all these people that have written, like I said, written a Yelp review. When we try, you know, there's multiple things that we do to try to offer a Yelp review. We want to incentivize customers to give them, hey, if you give us feedback, you get entered to win a hundred dollar gift card. Like that's part of the program that we have. We want to encourage that because having a great Yelp profile is great for business. Having a great Google profile, great for business. Having a great Facebook profile, good for business. Yeah. Encourage people to use the platform that they're most comfortable with. Absolutely. Not make them, oh, you don't, you know, you don't have a profile on Yelp. You have to respond on Yelp. No, if you have a Google profile, go ahead. We want a Google review. That's great. And, and that's something that we've seen to be huge. I mean, one of our customers in the first two months, they were, you know, they were like on the seventh page of Google and we started working with them. And in two months, they got up to the, the top, uh, to the number two spot on Google for smoothies in their city, which is not a small city, mind you. And it, it increased their traffic over 300%. Yep. Right. And so that's the power of these online reviews. But you know, as we're, as we're looking at it, let's, let's flip the script, right? Because one of the things that I always remind restaurants is that I, when I talk to restaurant owners, this kind of sounds a little bit gruff up front, but like, I'm not building technology for you. I'm building technology for your customers. Yes. I, I want it to be so easy for your customer that it, it just is brain, you know, it, it's, uh, it's, it's so easy for them that you get all the value from it. Well, yeah, they're compelled to do it. Don't exactly. make it difficult. Yes. And, and look at it. How difficult is the, the printed out receipt? I mean, I, I have to read a bunch of legal language and insurance. Like, I mean, what's happening? What I don't like by the time I'm over it, I'm like, I don't even want to read this thing. Well, here's the thing, right? I, ha- I have a receipt survey sitting on my desk uh, and it is you've got, you know, type in this unique website type in this five digit store number, this 26 digit unique receipt number, type in your, the date that you went. And then by the way, you have to answer 75 questions and you'll get a free hamburger next time. And it expires in 10 days. And it's like, are you kidding me? I don't have 20 minutes to take this. But here's the thing. If you look at what's happening in the survey space right now, a lot of people are getting savvy to this. So think about it, Sean, let's say you order DoorDash, right? Yep. And um, do it all the time. I order DoorDash for my family at home all the time. And and okay, so you order DoorDash for your family at home, and uh, one of your kids, your kids' item doesn't show up. Yep. Right. It's not in the bag. When you want to give feedback, there's a few things that you can do. Yep. One is you you tell DoorDash, and then yep. you know the store never really gets 
to, to no, build the, that. No, the store, the, what happens is we tell DoorDash, they credit my account. They take the money from the, from the store's account, but then it just, it goes into this fake space, this space where it's like third party delivery space. When and, it's ovation, when I'm getting it, yes. I'm getting it directly from my customer. I go, we have a problem. We need a checklist. We need something that needs to change because when we did this in person, when we really started improving our to-go menu, I mean, probably seven years ago, Eric, my general manager, myself, we sat down, we go, what is the problem? The problem is we need the guests to actually visually see what they're taking. We literally trained our hosts to every time someone came to pick up an order, we would open every single box in front of the guest so that they could acknowledge that's ribs with onion rings. This is, you know, uh-huh. a, a cob salad with ranch. This is that. So even if the husband didn't order and he came in, he acknowledged it to the host. So when he goes back home and the wife says, hey, I told you I wanted ribs with French fries and not onion rings. Technically, <laughs> what happened? He had an opportunity to resolve that problem, right? Yeah. So it's less of on us. But nonetheless, like by doing that, it made the host better because then she realized, hey, maybe I need to check. Or when she opened the box, it wasn't there. So then we could fix the problem right away. Right away. And the thing is that with delivery, you don't do that, right? No, now and, we have tamper, tamper-proof seals. And, and so... Now, all of a sudden, DoorDash has swept in, swept, swept, swept in. They've swept in. Yes. <laughs> and um, now they're getting the credit for making it right. Sure. You know, and so anyway, so it's it's a it's a broken system there. Or the other option is if you don't complain to DoorDash, you'll you'll go online and leave a negative review. Yep. And data shows that you're three times more likely to leave a negative review than a positive one. Yep. Or you'll call the store and gunk up the lines you know, it's, it's hard then to, how do you make it right? What's the process? Stores, stores are not set up to deal with customer complaints in the middle of a shift. That is exactly. Just not, we are not staffed. It is not, there's no way you can run a business, a restaurant to staff for a complaint hotline. It's just right? not possible. And the last option is you take one of those long receipt surveys. Well, here's the thing about that. If, if you are in an emotional state, right, you want to tell someone, like right now. And so that's what ovation does. Ovation is that, you know, with a, I'm, I'm for those of you listening, I'm opening up a, a soda bottle of 20 ounce. <laughs> um, it's, it, re, it allows them to vent yes. and it vents privately to you. And yes. now you get the information. You can make it right instantly. It's all text message to the customer. So they're not downloading an app, logging in, creating anything. They either, if if we're integrated, it sends them a text message automatically. How was everything? Or it's a little QR code. They just point their camera at it and take a two question survey. How was it? And tell us more. And if it was great, tell us more goes to, you know, Google, Yelp, Facebook. If tell us more was bad, it goes directly to the restaurant. But here's the thing that's important. If you look at what's happening with these long surveys, the really savvy brands, the ones that really care about what's happening, what's the, the long surveys are being sent a day later. So if you still want to have a, a 15 to 20 question survey taken, and by the way, data shows that five questions is the max that people are willing to, yeah, to answer. But <laughs> if you want to incentivize them for something a little more meaty than a chance to win a hundred dollar gift card with that instant incentive, send it to them the next day, send it to them when the emotion of the situation ha- is gone. And now they can rationally tell you what happened. And so if you want to know 
about, you know, your service, your cleanliness, your bathroom, your speed, all of that stuff. Do that the next day. Yeah. When, when they're in the moment, let them tell you what's on their mind. Don't make them get through five, six, seven questions before they can just tell you, dude, you forgot my kid's order. Like, I'm upset about it. What are you going to do to make it right? Right. Um, and then one quick thing about that, Sean, what are you going to do to make it right? We all, we all know those entitled customers, yep. right? Where they come in and they figure out the system. If I complain, I'll get something for free, mm-hmm. right? With Ovation, because Wait, it's- are you t- telling are you telling me there's Karens out there? <laughs> I don't believe it. I don't believe it, Zach. I'm, not from what I've seen. Yeah, it's like race and then restaurants are like the two places that Karens come up more often Jeez. than anywhere else. So um, what you can do is you could find who that Karen is because, you know, we had one of our customers and he was saying that someone came in and complained. And so they gave, gave him a free pizza. They came in a week later and complained. So they gave him a free pizza. A week later, they came in and complained. And the owner said, hey, look, um, either we're not doing something right or you're just looking for free food. Because every time that she complained, it was appended to that conversation. Correct. And so it's one thread. So you can see who that customer is. Digital gold. You could see if they ordered a $500 catering order, the order before. So what if they ordered a $5 burger? You can see what they ordered and, you know, uh, treat them accordingly. And so guess what happened with this, with this pizza, Karen? She responded back saying, no, you got a good point. Uh, I'll see you again soon. Next time she came in, left a five-star review for them. So that's, that's, what's really cool about this is, is there's so many things about the feedback system that's broken right now that we came in and working with, working with, um, you know, from the ground up with restaurant owners said, okay, let's fix these problems one by one and develop a, a feedback tool that actually works for today. So are you going to add the, uh, the chat bot feature for ovation now that we talked about it publicly? <laughs> What's funny enough is that is on our roadmap. We just had a roadmap I'm meeting. Up, I'm putting it up the roadmap. <laughs> I, I got to see this Friday, we have our, our final roadmap review uh, of, of what's getting built. You got one um, loud barbecue guy telling you to move it up the roadmap. <laughs> but it makes sense though, right? Because we, we want to be, we want to get that feedback from wherever the guest is. And you already have the technology available. That, that, that's exactly what we're doing. It's, it's what I'm doing. I'm literally trying to remove myself, but in order for me to be comfortable with how our brand is operating with this new technology, I have to play with it. My yep. Eric has to play with it. My, my front of the house managers have to figure out, does this work operationally? Does this hit to the pillars of what we believe in? And that's digital hospitalities. How can we best provide the best service so that we can understand really what's going on with our restaurant. You know, if there's something that's happening, if like, if we're giving out brisket, that's too fatty, which we got a couple complaints that it was too fatty. Hey, maybe we need to re retrain that, that, uh, that the um, guy on the line to cut the, cut the brisket better. Yeah. Well, and see, and this is something I think, but this is something, Sean, that I feel like is, is so incredible. And when I met you, that's why I feel like we just clicked so well, because your whole mentality of, of Kaizen, I'm sure Kaizen, that, that the, the Japanese, uh, you know, notion of continuous improvement and that you're never done. 
right? Yeah. And that's and that's not a stressful thing. That's a beautiful thing because that means you could always be getting better and there's always a better way. And the fact that you are humble enough to be able to take a step back and to listen to the customers because a lot of times what you see is, you know, well, I guess not a lot of times, but sometimes you'll see restaurant owners and business owners who, when they get a piece of negative feedback, instead of saying why, they're like, ah, screw them. Yeah. Right. It's like they they were upset. They were, you know, they were in the wrong. And I get it. The customer isn't always right, but the customer at least always has a point, you know, and something that should be considered. And I think that you you do a great job at being able to take a step back and saying, hey, look, we're getting this feedback and, you know, uh, let's see what what is the root of it? Not how do we just fix things with that one customer, but how do we make sure, because data shows that every complaint you get, there's 26 people who didn't complain about that. Yeah. How do we make sure that we fix it for the other 26 people uh, as well and for the future 26 people and you know make, make the situation right as opposed to just fixing it with that customer, fix the problem that caused the issue. And I think that's, you know, my business mentor and business coach, David Meltzer, he, he teaches me that truth vibrates the fastest, whether we want to admit it or not, the truth vibrates the fastest. And that's really at the heart of reviews, the heart of reviews, the heart of feedback. I mean, whether it's someone you love, whether it's someone you don't know, when they tell you their truth, sometimes it's hard to accept that truth. Sometimes it sometimes it's not your truth. And sometimes maybe there something happened. But when multiple truths come to you, say, Sean, you're out of weight. Sean, you're overweight. Sean, you're overweight. My doctor tells me, my wife tells me, hey, guess what, Sean? Now it's time to work on your eating habits and to be better because that's the truth. But then once I share that truth online and make a video about it, guess what? People, they resonate with the truth because it's true. When I tell you my we're missing sides. I'm not bullshitting before this podcast. I'm literally telling you a case study of what's happened since we've launched Ovation. Now that we have actionable feedback, which we will fix, you know, yeah. does that mean that we're going to get back those customers? We, we try, we'll try our best, but I can guarantee you that next week it'll be a lot better. And the week after that, it will be even better. Yeah. And, and what we're seeing is that, you know, with, with brands like yours, you typically will start off with around, uh, it's about 82% of people who are really satisfied, yeah. right? And what happens is the, the people who are really upset, it starts to taper off, right? And that percentage will go up and up and up until you hit around 90% of people who give feedback that are uh, upset and give feedback that are happy. But keep in mind, one of the things that was really unexpected about Ovation is that typically what you when you see feedback, you see a bump for one stars, it goes down two, three, four, and then a bump higher for five stars. That's a typical restaurant distribution of feedback. Well, that's that, that's my Yelp experience. It's either a one or a five. Very and, rarely and, is it anything in between. And here's and one of the reasons why is because it takes effort. Right. It takes effort to respond to create that review. You have to look them up. You have to find them. You have to scroll down, click review. So you have to either have a transcendent experience or like a really emotionally charged bad experience to take that effort. And one of the things that we we didn't uh, anticipate, but the data showed is that we're actually getting a lot more threes and fours. 
Why? Because you're getting those customers where they would have never given feedback otherwise. Yes. But it's so easy. And they're like, hey, Sean, look, you know, we really like this, but uh, the bathrooms are dirty. But the brisket was a little bit too fatty. It's it's not like I'm never coming back to this place because you guys, you know, you guys insulted me, but it's like, Hey, I, I really want to love this place. Help me. I'm, I'm trying to help you to be better. And those customers, man, you respond to them and you get them on board and you thank them for their feedback. And it is just crazy how they become more loyal than if you would have given them a five-star experience in the first place. For sure. And, and that's something that's, that's really cool. And, and, um, one thing that you've done a good job is, is how you respond to people. So whether, whether you use Ovation, whether you use some other tool, whether you use just online reviews, a couple of things that we've noticed are one, the, the speed in which you respond is important. Um, you know, bronze is within 24 hours. Silver is within an hour. Gold is within 10 minutes. If, if you can respond quickly, people are a lot more willing to, to do business with you again. And secondly, is using using a name. Yeah. Actually, they have done studies in the, in the airline industry that have found that people are willing to spend up to $50 more on plane tickets if they do it, if their concerns are responded to quickly and a name is given. Yeah. And same thing translates to, you know, to restaurants. Humans, so, humans are the heart of technology. Like it, it's literally the essence of digital hospitality. If there's no human there, like you can automate a response, but automate the response in the brand voice in the way that someone would respond. But nonetheless, if there is an automation, if it's personalized and you personalize it by putting a human behind it. So somebody set it up. Yes, set exactly. Totally. That's and that's the, one person, of- that's the person responsible for that feedback loop. Yep. And I, I, and I love that too, because we're always, we always talk about how, you know, uh, hospitality isn't dead. It's just gone digital, but it's not going to be, it's not robot digital, right? You can't take the humans out of hospitality. That's what provides that love. That's what provides, you know, how people feel is all about connecting them to other humans. Yes. And I think that that's something that it, it uh, becomes increasingly challenging as it's outside the four walls, but now with technology, it actually can become easier because now you're getting that feedback. You know, if maybe in-store people are having a different experience than delivery and you'll want to know that and correct that to make sure that your brand is authentic, be it sitting down in your living room or their dining room. Well, it's even more powerful because most people don't want to complain to a manager. They could be sitting in the restaurant and have a shitty rack of ribs. And then they just go, the cut, the server comes over and they do their job and they just go, you know, instead of being, we teach hospitality, our servers will know that if someone hasn't touched their ribs or they took a bite, they know that something's up. They'll let a manager know, but most places don't do that. Like most of the time you're going to go and go, Hey, how is everything? Everything's fine. Okay, well, do you need a box for that? Yeah, I'll take a box, but then they'll never come back. But if you had the technology available, you know, let us know how we can improve on the table through a QR code and someone could send a text message to the manager on duty. The manager on duty could go, hey, table 25, they have a bad rack of ribs. Now they can actually go and do something about it. I had a customer, I was just talking with him last week and a customer used Ovation, texted in and said, everything, you know, the pizza's great. Uh, I just wish that there were napkins up here. 
here on the tables. And he was like, there's supposed to be napkins on the table. He goes up, knows what table it was and drops off uh, a napkin, uh, a napkin, whatever on the table, a bunch of napkins on the table um, and says, Hey, sorry, there weren't any napkins. Uh, Let me know if you need anything else while they were still there in the restaurant. And it just like, it, it blew them away. And that's something that's so cool is being able to connect in real time with those guests well, and, those and are the memorable moments, those memorable moments is what, ex, what makes you different from a transaction to a generational restaurant. Like those memorable moments on new year's Eve, when we're selling a Preller Paloma, which is AJ Preller's the GM of the Padres. We created this cocktail in celebration of him signing all these huge free agents to the Padres Padres Twitter. We have all these people that are excited about the cocktail. Craig Elston, who's on San Diego sports radio. He comes in to support our restaurant, to buy food as well as a Padre Paloma, a Preller Paloma. He goes home and he realizes that we forgot the Topo Chico, which is part of the entire package of cocktail which actually completes the cocktail. So we had forgotten the Topo Chico, but he used the app to give us feedback. I was on the app and I saw it and I responded back. I'm very sorry about that. And then I realized it was Craig Elston. It says Craig Elston. I'm like, that's Craig. That's my guy. That's the guy. That's literally the guy that's on the radio <laughs> talking about our restaurant. Like, Craig, what's up? I'm very sorry about that. I will bring you your Topo Chico. And literally, I drove the Topo Chico from the restaurant to his house, which is, you know, seven miles away. But nonetheless, no technology allowed me to do that. He wouldn't Dude. have had the cocktail. He wouldn't have been able to post it on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook to all the people that are in sports media that love the Padres, that help sell our cocktail. But literally technology enabled me to do that. And him and I will always share that story. And that was because of the Ovation app. That was New Year's Eve during coronavirus. This piece of technology allowed me to fix a problem that our staff, unfortunately, was busy. They, they forgot it for whatever reason. But I was able to literally intercept it and then now have a case study for Ovation of why this is so powerful. Dude, that, I'm printing that. Let's go changing, <laughs> changing our home page. <laughs> but that is exactly right. That I, I love that because the principle is, you know, something got messed up, right? And it's yep. mistakes are going to happen. We're humans. There's no human is perfect. It's progress yep. over perfection. We're not perfect. It was it was a really quick way for the for him to give you feedback. You jumped on it, but then you made it right. Yeah. You know, like, and that's the key is that if unless someone's willing to do something about it, ovation, we're we're not the tool for you. If you're yes. looking for a way to just, you know, get people to not post negative reviews online and you don't want to fix it, well, look, yeah. there's there's free ways you could do that. Go go get a QR code and put it on a put it on like a thing and just have it go into, you know, the ether sphere. But if you really care about that digital hospitality, which if if you're this far into a podcast about this, <laughs> I'm assuming you are. Yes. Then yeah, like there's technology that can help you do that. And I think that's uh, and it's important to do that across all of your channels, not and and not fragment this up and not outsource your customers. So I heard you on another podcast, I believe it was a foodable podcast um, on delivery and to go. And I learned something very interesting about you that you wrote a book about a thousand dates. 
Yes. You went on a thousand dates, which ironically, I, I had talked to you about this, but my wife and I were, she was looking for, you know, holiday Christmas movies, whatever. And we watched something on Netflix, literally about somebody that goes on a thousand dates. Yes. I saw and I that. was like, that was his screenplay. If he that wrote a me. book on it, that, that was, was your book. screenplay. Yeah. So I wrote a book. It's called Dating Never Works Until It Does A uh, Hundred Lessons from a Thousand Dates. And you know, it took me a very long time and over a BMW. <laughs> yeah, it took me a long time and over a BMW uh, is worth of of money to spent on these dates. But actually, so I'll tell you the punchline. That way, no one has to buy the book. So it's a hundred lessons, right? And yeah. lesson number one hundred is this: never take other people's advice with dating. And okay. and here's why: getting to your whole point about the the truth resonates. How'd you phrase that? The truth resonates the fastest. The truth resonates the fastest. Is that, you know, you read my book and you do all of the hundred pieces of advice. Well, then they're going to be dating me, not you, right? (laughs) (laughs) What you do is what the best version of you would do. And the same could be said in, in life for anything, right? It's like not trying to compare of like, how do I... How do I necessarily like do that? Well, take the principles that people like Sean are teaching you and do what the best version of you would do. Do what your brand would do. And and uh, I feel like that's like just, that's something that for me, when I learned that, when that kind of like distilled on me, I was like, oh my gosh, well, yeah. You know, everyone's been saying it, but when, when I learned it for myself, it was so powerful and it, it really did shift a lot of my life because I, I love to learn from others, but then the whole comparison mentality, which is so easy yeah. nowadays, right? Well, just look, if, if you're not the kind of person that would take a trip to Thailand and take all these beautiful bikini pictures, it's like, that's okay. Like, don't do yes. that, but, but do what you would do. And lean I think that, you. yeah. Lean into you, you. Yes. Lean into you. Love that. Yeah. Double down on you. So, I mean, tell me, because I'm fascinated, obviously, as we integrate more technology, you know, in our own restaurant, in our own brand, with our own media company, I'm fascinated with how do you start a tech company? So uh, I have a I have a blog post and it's called Your First Hour as an Entrepreneur. And basically what I do is I go through and, you know, say you've got some brilliant tech idea. First thing you do is write down 10 ways that you think people would Google you and you would want to show up. What this does, it helps you kind of like flesh out the idea a little bit more, but then you actually can take those search terms, go to Google and type them in. See what's out there because every single problem has a solution. There is not an itch that hasn't been scratched. It's just a matter of, is it the fingernail or back scratcher wizard 5,000, right? It, like there's there's all kinds of uh, of solutions to the problem. So anyway, Google it first, see what else is out there and then start going through the process of talking to a select group of friends, uh, mentors. I've got a, a board of personal advisors that I turn to with ideas and business solutions and uh, and go and start to validate that idea. And once you start to do that, then you find your ideal customer and start to talk to them about the problem start to understand, ask a lot of questions. The biggest, the biggest thing that I feel that entrepreneurs do that's a mistake is they go into a discovery interview with their outcome determined. Go with, their in with, solu- with their solution? They, they go in and say, I will ask questions until they say that my idea is the one that they want. Yes. 
Whereas if you take a step back and you just talk to them about the problems, 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 um, and you talk a little bit about your solution at the end and say, is this something that would solve the problem? Is this something you would pay for? Because uh, if they wouldn't pay for it, then, you know, I wouldn't build it. You're, not, you're running a nonprofit that probably won't be a nonprofit for very long. Yeah. And unless you're Mark Zuckerberg or, you know, you're, you came up with Google and you can afford uh, to go 10 years <laughs> without making money, then like, good for you. Right. But yes. chances are you're not. Yeah. Um, and you need a way to make money. And making money is all about, you know, those, those. And then the great thing is that now you've got your first list of, of potential customers. And by the way, at this point, you haven't built anything. You haven't built any code and you're just interviewing uh, customers to understand more and more and more about the problem. And then you can finally uh, build it, build an MVP, a minimal viable product and go out and start to sell it for a discounted rate. Give it to your first couple of customers, even for free, if, if it's small enough, but see if they'll pay you. And then, so through this iterative process, you, you build a, a technology company. You don't, what used to happen, right? Was you build something in a box, you build it, build it, build it, build it, build it, and then go out there and see who's going to buy it. Well, <laughs> you got to flip that whole script around. It's all about who's going to buy it. How much are they going to pay? Why do they want to buy it? How do you find them? And then you build the solution. That's the very last step is actually building the product. Um, so anyway, that's, that's what, you know, and then in terms of naming ideas and stuff like that, there's a ton of awesome tools out there. If you're looking, if you're looking at websites uh, and you want to buy a domain, this is just like a quick plug. Uh, for one of my favorite websites on the internet, on the interweb, on yes. the internet, uh, is instantdomainsearch.com. Instant domain search. Instant domain search. As you're typing, it will show you what domains are available. Oh, wow. And so it's it's a really fast way to check uh, about buying domains. So anyway, not, not really uh, super restaurant focused, but that's just how I've been involved in seven different startups. I love the technology scene. I've been at Ovation for longer than any of my other startups, um, just because, you know, the other ones either sold or but I, I love the what we're doing in this hospitality space. I love the people in this space. You know, this is something that has been uh, core to part of who I am for so long. And so, you know, uh, I'm I'm super happy to be here. But, you know, when it comes down to it, Sean, it's like um, if you got that idea, you want to do something, go a little more digital, you know, try those things out. I think it's great advice. We had uh, Jonathan Hensley on the podcast a couple couple episodes ago, but he he said focus focus on the problem and not the solution. Yes. And when I was actually uh, in a meeting, a, a self help meeting that I go to, a recovery meeting, and what they were talking about is how do you build community? And you build community through pain points. Yes. So, and pain points are something that it gets back to truth. Once you talk about the truth, that's when people listen up. Um, it's less about my solution, why you need to buy this product or why you need this technology or why you need this barbecue. It's what are your pain points? You know, yeah. what, are the, what are the pain points? Once you start talking about the pain points and people start to listen. Yeah, because that's, that's again, going back to the whole emotional aspect of things, right? That's what tugs. That's what it's like. Yeah, I feel that. I, and and if you're constantly just going over the logical aspect of things and you're not talking about the pain, the thing that makes people, you know, as you're like taking a shower in the morning, just be like, oh my gosh, it's so frustrating, right? Those are the moments that people want to want to buy back. 
and you know, and and be it through community and understanding, be it through technology, there's there's a lot of different uh, solutions out there. Have you seen Have you seen that video? Uh, it it isn't. It's not about the nail. No. Oh my gosh! We'll, put, we'll so, put a link to to it in the show notes, but you got to send it to me. Tell okay. me about it. It's it's not about the nail. It's someone who has a nail in their forehead, and they're talking to their friend, and they're like. Oh, I just have like this really achy feeling like somewhere here, you know? And he's like, well, there's a nail. And she goes, it's not about the nail. It would just listen. You're always trying to solve things. And he's like, well, I'm, yeah. Anyway, yeah, it's not about the nail. It's not about the nail. But at, at the, the thing is at the, at the heart of it is we all have these nails, right? Yeah. Be it personally, be it business. And what an awesome time, you know, January, uh, of 2021, right. To, to recalibrate and to look, to look in the mirror and to be like, look, it's okay that we have, that we have weaknesses, but when we acknowledge those weaknesses, that's when we can become strong because we can see what they are for what they are and realize that it's not permanent, but it's, it's a, it's a part of, of growing. And I love what you talked about. We're, we're all works in progress, right? Yeah. So I talk frequently now with a lot of different technology companies, different levels of, of, of executives. And I tell them obviously what I tell everybody, and that's that you should be a media company. You are a media company. Why are you a media company? And what have you learned by producing your own podcast and creating your own content? So there's a guy, uh, Bruce Irving, he really helped me to get off the, get off the ground with podcast. Yeah. He's, he's Bruce, a great Bruce, guy. Bruce was on Digital Hospitality. He's phenomenal. He's got two great podcasts. And and his um so I I was recommended to him again for Ethan from Thirst recommended was talking about us on his podcast and then uh, so he reached out and we went on his podcast and he was on our podcast actually twice. So we started our podcast in the middle of February. And since you know when the whole pandemic hit, we just were like, "Hey, what can we do for the industry?" Because one of our values is to build value for yeah. our customers, our employees, and the industry, regardless of if they're a customer or not. And so we started this podcast, and we just hit seventy-five episodes. Um, we already were booked out through February on the podcast. And one of the things that I've learned so much is about the resiliency and the creativity of this industry, and that it's so important to uh, to celebrate that. And for us. One of the things that it's done is I've been able to meet so many incredible people from, you know, technology companies to consultants to, you know, the actual people like you who are boots on the ground doing this. And it has given me such a greater appreciation. And I think the the product has become a lot better because of this and because we're bringing people on to talk about their solutions and their pains and their ideas we've been able to incorporate a lot of that into the product to make it more frictionless, more easy. And yeah, I totally agree that being a media company has been something that's been a, a huge blessing for our company. And then, you know, uh, hopefully for the listeners. What about for you? Cause I, oh. I mean, I, I say it all the time is I I'm fortunate that anybody listens to this podcast, but every single guest that I've had on the show, I can't tell you how much better we are as a brand, how much better I am as a man, as a father, as a leader, because of the things that I'm just fortunate to be able to, I can't believe some of the people that we've been able to interview. And even some of the people that I, I, you know, they, they might just be a amateur barbecue team, but the lessons and the stories that they have 
impart wisdom that actually transforms me? How's, how, how have any of those things happened for you? I have been so inspired. And again, going to this whole Kaizen, this whole continuous improvement, it's had me really ref, you know, flip the script and be like, okay, what do we need to do to improve? If I were to go on to another podcast, like what can I do to help them out? And what, what would advice would I give Ovation? Because seeing these people who are constantly thinking about what's the what's next? What's next? How do we get better? How do we get better? It's helped me to do that. And, uh, and then the other cool thing is like just meeting awesome people. Like, like you said, like Kevin, um, and Kevin introduced me to a guy named Devin Harris, who I had on my podcast and he's one of the, he's the only restaurant, non-restaurateur I've had on the podcast. And he came on, uh, because he is a member of the founding, uh, Jamaican, the, one of the founding members of the Jamaican bobsled team. Um, the one from like the, was the cool four Olympic cool runnings. Yep. And it was just so cool to interview him and to see how he's taking this, this new challenge of, of COVID. Cause you know, he did a lot of speaking before. Well, how do you translate that? So he's kind of going through another resurgence and it has been Sean so inspiring to see time after time, story after story of people who, have dedicated their lives to a little, to a, to a niche and being able to, for, you know, half hour dive in and just understand that a little bit better and understand who they are um, has helped me so much. And again, the, the inspiration that I've gotten from, from being uh, a podcast host has been awesome. And if I were the only one who listened to it, it would have been worth every single yeah. moment and every single dollar that we spent to, to do it. Now, Luckily, I haven't been the only one listening to it, but it's been that it's been that beneficial for me personally. And any uh, any significant pain points um, recently that you've learned from any lessons building a company, being a leader? You know, one of the things is during COVID, I learned about the two types of CEOs, how you have the wartime CEO and the peacetime CEO. And being a peacetime CEO is all about, you know, bringing people together. It's all about uh, getting, getting opinions, kind of being that like benevolent dictator, so to speak, right? Where you're making, you're making the decisions, but you're doing it through a collaborative approach to get the best ideas from everyone. That's a peacetime CEO, a wartime CEO, you know, when COVID hits, when something goes wrong, Man, people want someone who can call the shots. People want someone, they don't, it, it's okay if you're right. If It's okay if you're not right all of the time. You just need to make those decisions. And that's something that I've, uh, you know, recently been learning about and something that I think is really important because for me, I'm, I'm, you know, naturally a peacetime CEO. I, I love that inclusion. Um, but during the wartime, you don't, you don't have time for that. You don't have time to go and talk to every single person individually and have collective meetings and brainstormings. Let's bring this back together next week and see what we could do. It's like, you got to make, you got to call the shots. And if you have 80% of the information, that's enough to make a decision and let's go test it out. And then let's see what happened next week. Let's not talk next week about what's going to happen. Yep. What's your favorite digital playground? Where, where can people find you the most? Most uh, LinkedIn. So I'm on LinkedIn and Instagram. Those are my two places. Instagram, if you want to see my family. And I got super cute kids. So, uh, <laughs> so I that's... I, I agree. I actually second that. <laughs> uh, but I'm on LinkedIn, Zach Oates, Zach, uh, Z-A-C-K and Oates, O-A-T-E-S. 
That's awesome. Well, we'll put uh, everything in everything we talked about in the show notes. Um, Ian Stonebrook is our writer. He does a phenomenal job wrapping up the podcast um, on our blog, CaliBBQ.media. Zach, we are grateful. Um, we're just beginning this journey together, going and telling as many restaurant owners as possible about Ovation and how to integrate it into Toast, into their POS, but in, integrate it into their digital heartbeat. Um, it's truly an incredible tool. And um, I'm grateful uh, for the friendship and grateful for the time today. Thanks, Sean. Appreciate it so much, man. Thanks for the inspiration. You got it. You You guys remember, stay curious, get involved and ask for help.